A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses, and for the sake of appearance they say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus talked more about our relationship to our material resources than anything other than the kingdom of God. And so I think it's important for us to talk about it as well. If Jesus did, perhaps we should too. I must say it's always been difficult for me to listen to this text and to hear what God might be saying to us through it. Consider the woman. She's one of the invisible ones, isn't she? No one sees her. We live in a world full of invisible ones, don't we? The orphan, the marginalized, the oppressed, the poor. And perhaps if we don't see them, they won't exist or they will go away. We don't have to deal with them if we don't see them. However, the wealthy, those who can make large gifts and announce their righteousness and faithfulness, these are the ones who receive the attention, right? The acknowledgments. They're the ones listed first in the annual donor report. You know, I'm always down in the 1 to 99 or, you know, in that area. Barely get your name in. They're the ones in the senior pastor's gold medallion club. They're the ones with buildings with their names on them because they're stellar givers. The widow, she doesn't even make the list. Her gift doesn't merit any ink. In fact, the ink would be more expensive than the gift. No recognition except one. Jesus sees her and acknowledges her, points her out while everyone else misses her. It's interesting what Jesus doesn't do. He doesn't put down the gifts of the wealthy. He doesn't condemn them. Nor does he ask his disciples to do what she's done. He simply points her out and makes an observation concerning her gift. Otherwise, we would never have known she existed. She's one of the invisible ones that we usually don't see at all. As Barbara Brown Taylor says, if you think tithing is heroic, try to following this woman's act. She was a percentage giver all right, 100%. It was a corrupt religious system 
Did you hear the verses that Katie read? Devouring widows' houses, taking what little bit they had in taxes, in death taxes. Jesus has called them out, had a dispute with them. Jesus is going to die at their hands three or four days. Give the last that he has to give. His very life. And here's a woman giving, giving her last little bit to this corrupt group. Makes you wonder, does she do the right thing? Here's a woman giving her last penny to a corrupt system. A system that Jesus has just excoriated. She gives her living to a sinful and corrupt organization. She holds nothing back, but then neither does Jesus. He's about to give his life for a sinful and corrupt world. So what does faithful look like? What is faithful? It's something like this story. It passes unnoticed for the most part while others grab the headlines. It's the ones who never get their names in the paper, in the police blotter section, the society page, the news page. And if it did appear there, few would recognize the name. I wonder who that is. Never heard of them before. Those who faithfully prepare and teach in our Christian education and spiritual formation ministries. Those who give of themselves in and through the various ministries in this church and beyond the walls of this church. Those who actually see the widows and the orphans in this community who are down to their last might and step in the gap when they can. Those are the faithful ones. That's what faithful looks like. Those who say, I promise to love and cherish, to honor and sustain in sickness and in health, in poverty and in wealth, in the bad that may darken our days, in the good that may light our ways, and to be true to you in all things until death shall, us, shall part us, so help me God, and then do it. That's what faithful looks like. Sometimes you and I, we recognize faithful, but sometimes faithful can be easy to miss. Look at the story of the widow. No one sees her but Jesus. And then just before he dies, remember what Jesus says? He says, if you see her and you see those like her, if you really see them, if you care for the invisible ones, you're actually caring for me. Matthew 25, 40. So what are we to do? Empty our bank account? Sell our house, our furniture, our transportation, cash in our retirement, sign over our social security check? That's not what Jesus asks here. I believe what he asks of us as a church is to open our eyes and see those in need of spiritual food, physical food, relational food. To see those in need of physical shelter, a spiritual home, a relational home, the invisible wounded and hurting are right here in our midst as well as out there. To see them as Jesus sees this woman that everyone else missed, that's being faithful. You see, the question is not like, is not, are you like the widow? The question is, and always has been, are you like Jesus? You see, that changes the whole thing, doesn't it? Do you see as Jesus sees? Do you respond as Jesus responds? Do you respond in the spirit of Christ? Do you give money, time, and talent? And 
people of God. This is not about paying the bills at the church. This is not about keeping the institution going, but it's rather about keeping your spiritual life growing. The church will exist without my money, but my spiritual life will not if I'm not faithful in giving. You see, it's not only talking the talk, it's walking the walk, it's, it's being who you say you are, it's doing what you say you will do, it's doing it when no one else is looking, it's character, it's integrity, it's called faithfulness. In Isaac Dennison's book, Out of Africa, she tells the story of a young Kiku uh, boy named Kitau who appears at her door in Nairobi one day asking for work. She agrees and hires him, and he turns out to be a fine employee. However, just three months into it, he comes to her and asks for a letter of recommendation to Sheikh Ali bin Salim, a Muslim in Mombasa. Upset at the thought of losing a valuable employee, she offers to raise Kitao's pay. No, I'm leaving, he said. I decided I would become either a Christian or a Muslim. My whole purpose in coming to live with you has been to see and learn the habits and ways of Christians up close. Oh, who knew? Next, I'll go to live for three months with Sheikh Ali to see how Muslims behave. And then, and then I will make up my mind. Aghast, Denison writes. I believe that even an archbishop, when he had these facts laid before him, would have said or at least thought as I did, Good grief, Kitau! You might have told me that when you came. There's no shortage of people who say believe, stand up for the right thing, do what you need to do, but do you really do it? God has a shortage of people who will go where God calls them and do what God gives them to do. Are we faithful? What do our lives say? Look in the mirror, not just a headshot, but look in a full-length mirror. Is your mouth the only thing that's moving? Or are your hands and feet as well? That's what faithful looks like. Look at your checkbook. Are you faithful there as well? So what's the end result of faithfulness? Most times we never know, do we? You know, Leslie, Leslie King was born of humble circumstances. His father, also Leslie King Sr., abused and beat Leslie Jr.'s mother until finally she left him when Leslie Jr. was quite young. She found a a new husband that would love both her and her son at Grace Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The new husband's name? Gerald R. Ford. And this new husband gave Leslie his name, and so Leslie King became Gerald R. Ford, Jr. When Jerry was a senior in high school, it was the middle of the Depression. The family had no resources to send him to college. The principal of the high school, though, one day called Jerry into his office. He said, Jerry, what are you going to do after high school? Are you going to college? Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to work. We can't afford for me to go to college. 
I'm not willing to live with that. Jerry, I want to loan you $100. And I want you to go to the University of Michigan for at least one year. When former, Ger former President Gerald R. Ford Jr. was on the University of Michigan campus for the groundbreaking of the Gerald R. Ford School of Public Policy, he stuck a shovel in the ground and said to the crowd, I remember when I was a freshman here, and on a cold, cold winter day, I walked across this big empty lot, and I thought, I wonder, I wonder what they'll do with this lot one day. And here he stood almost 70 years later, because one man was faithful and invested $100 in his life. He was there, Jerry was, Gerald R. Ford, Jr., for the groundbreaking of a building named after him. Oh, my word, what an investment. What a return on the $100 investment that a principal made in a young man in the midst of the Depression. Is the principal's name on the building? No. Was the principal faithful? Absolutely. Absolutely. An important part of all of this is being faithful in our giving of our time, our talent, and yes, our money, so that the ministries and missions of this church can grow even stronger. So I invite you over the next weeks to examine your giving and ask yourself the question, does what I give truly reflect the gratitude and commitment that speaks of how much I value and worship the Lord God. Really, really. It's not about raising the budget. It's about raising God's children. It's about your spiritual well-being. Yes, your faithfulness. It's about our need to give much, 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 much more than the church needs our money. One never knows what the fruits of faithfulness will be, but that's not the important issue, is it? The important issue is for us to be faithful. Oh, God. Oh, God, help us to be found faithful from all that springs forth from our lives. Amen.